0: Dirty
1: Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nochilprano.
2: You you had a little bit of uh, Ron Burgundy there. You're like, Andy Ruther? Coming to you live. From- I was
1: looking at your phone. Fo- your phone is out of control, Well, you dude. know, this is,
2: this is from... Uh- Chris Wild. Chris Wild trying to tell me uh, Wednesday at the Clippers game is Italian Heritage Night. It's exciting. We're basic- This is basically the Italian Heritage episode. This is like some Mario and Luigi shit.
1: This is the most intense mustache I've ever had. How's it looking? Looks
2: good. I mean, you've already got sort of a pedophile face, so it doesn't help. But, I mean, I'm always a mustache fan. What do you mean I have a pedophile face? I mean you just look like the little your I mean your whole your whole outlook is sort of pedophile like the little little hands and your little hide in a van type of body. You're always like jogging places. You're uh yeah.
1: <laughs> what? What are you
2: talking about? Look at you. You look like a guy who's hanging out in parks when you got that mustache on especially.
1: Now, do I like to ride my bike around and kind of see what's going on in people's... It's just like, oh, I was just hanging out in the marina watching people's apartments. Do I like to do that? Yeah.
2: You look like a guy who's going to be jacking off now in the streets.
1: Doesn't make me a pedophile. It makes me a creeper.
2: Okay. There are There's a difference. You're like, you're like I creep on people. A lot of times they're adults. A lot of times they're kids. Not specific.
1: Yeah. Th- there's, there's a huge difference, I think, between me...
2: Between adults and children? Yeah. There, there
1: is. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I went for it last night. It's the first time I had shaved in yeah now like eighty I, plus
2: days. It, it's a lot of people wanted the beard to stay, but you were
1: what over it. I was over it. It's gross. It was nasty. It's everything that I preached in the last. I mean, you can shampoo a beard. You know that, right? I did,
2: but it didn't matter. I think you needed a, You just needed a trimmy, uh, a trimmy, trippy trim. But you went with the mustache, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, my mustache is coming off soon, so you'll be mustache guy. It's a transitional. This is a transitional episode. We're now transitioning to you being the mustache guy.
1: The dirty sports trans episode. Yeah,
2: no, that's not what we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, somebody's gonna be like, why do these trans people have mustaches? Are they mocking us?
1: We're still having you try to play in the WNBA, right? I mean, I,
2: I, I, first of all, I think I'm still capable. Yeah. At 39, because I'm still 6'4", and uh, I'm still willing, and I'm still a woman at heart, so I qualify.
1: It's pretty easy in 2019 to just yeah. do that, right? Yep. Yeah.
2: I, I actually also identify, I mean, I think I can be in the NBA as a high school woman, but I identify as a high school woman. So I'd, I'd like to start in high school basketball if possible.
1: I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. You dominate the high school ranks, man. Yeah, I agree. You saw somebody did challenge their age and they lost. I believe it was like Sweden or one of those for his Tinder profile. Yeah. He wanted to say he was like 30 years younger. Right.
2: Which, like, here's the thing this is why it's a very slippery slope, right? Like, if you're if you're identifying as a woman then you're you why can't you
1: but this is the same slippery slope
2: it's like well physically you came out 50 years ago it's like well physically you came out with a dick
1: it's the same slope to me as far as the speech stuff
2: saying yeah, you I saying mean,
1: you can't say that word then we we walk down this slippery slope of fascism right it's the same exact slope but anyway look guys
2: yeah, we don't need fascism talk. We,
1: we really don't have to get that. into all this stuff. Just hand me the fucking L-chain. Just do it. Oh. Just hand me the L-chain. I'll put it on. I'm taking some serious L's this Are past few we, We're days. getting right into
2: football, huh? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is this is basically us getting into the NFL talk. Andy is wearing the L-chain. Now, you're wearing the L-chain because pff, for, basically for existing right now, right? You picked the Colts. To win outright in Arrowhead. Yeah. You picked the Chargers to win outright in New England. You picked uh you didn't pick the you the only game you got was the the Rams game, correct? You thought the Rams would no, win I and the cover. Saints,
1: I picked the Saints to win and cover.
2: Right. Which they, they won. They didn't cover. What was the final score? Twenty fourteen. Oh yeah, they didn't cover. You're right. That was coming down before before big picnic. Uh it was, like they were dr- driving down for a potential 21 four, 21, twenty one for win. That
1: pick's not on Nick.
2: I didn't say it was on Nick, but it was a big pick, and it was thrown by Nick, right? And you know what was funny is like Eagles fan. I tweeted big pick. Oh, I saw Nick. Eagles fans just crying in my mentions, just crying. You never, I never, when, when Eagles fans come at me like, oh, Eli Manning threw 25 picks one year. N- none of them ever go, you know, Eli Manning threw 19 picks that year. Six of them went through receivers' hands. No, they just point out the picks. So guess what? It was a big pick thrown by Nick. Big pick, Nick.
1: Goodbye, Eagles season. Goodbye, Eagles fans. I was rooting for the Eagles.
2: Well, you're a hateful person. No, That's-
1: because if they won the as or the nfc championship would have been in los angeles. Okay,
2: that's fine reason, I
1: guess. And in my opinion, I didn't see the eagles winning again in los angeles.
2: Well, that's what I wanted to talk about uh, as far as like who we saw winning um, you know, I said from the beginning of these playoffs everybody was on like the 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 go to phrase Entering the playoffs was like, the most wide-open playoffs we've seen in a long time. Anybody could win. Couldn't you see the Ravens? Couldn't you just see a Ravens-Cowboys Super Bowl? To which I say to anybody that fucking ever said that or tweeted it, no. You're stupid. You were stupid the whole time. You were stupid to think that. It was not a wide-open. I've been saying it all season, Andy. Have I not been saying there's not that many good teams since Whatever, week five when I quit gambling football because I was like, I can't pick games between trash teams. And I think a lot of those teams are mediocre at best. And I truly believe in their heart of hearts, there's not a single Ravens fan who, if they looked deep, thought they were going, had a chance to win the Super Bowl. I don't think there's a Cowboys fan that actually believed they were going to go win – Four road playoff games, or three road playoff games, and win the Super Bowl.
1: Well, the Cowboys only had to win
2: two. To, well, and a neutral site Super Bowl game, right? No one believed that the Texans were winning the Super Bowl. I'm sure there was Eagles fans, ludicrous, lunatic. See, I'll disagree with you on all this. Okay. If you believe that, you're dumb. The Ravens, Texans, Seahawks, Cowboys, none of them ever had a chance to win the Super Bowl. None of them.
1: I think Not lot, for one second, did well, they? well, first of all, I think a lot of things happened this weekend that a lot of people didn't foresee. Did you foresee the Chiefs defense giving up, what, 13 points? Did, no. I mean, no one's... no one's,
2: But I saw the Chiefs winning and covering uh, in uh, home and Arrowhead okay, because that's fine. they've been dominant all season. They're 13 and 3. They lost to a division rival that's in the playoffs. They lost to the Rams.
1: That's fine, but here's my thing about the here's my thing is all I'm going to say about that. The the Chiefs defense literally held the Colts to not getting a first down until the final drive of the first half when when they drove down the field.
2: And if you know anything about Andy Reid coming off a bye, you could have predicted this. The people that were like anybody, it just wasn't true. There are, there was, in my opinion, the four teams that made it, the Chargers, and honestly, you could even say the Colts, because of how hot they were, how good their offensive line is, that their running game came alive, that they have an elite quarterback. Maybe they had a shot. But those six teams are the only teams that had a shot to win the Super Bowl. The other six didn't. You didn't. You never did. You're not that good. You weren't that good the whole year. I said it the whole year. I said the Texans aren't that good. The Cowboys aren't that good. The Seahawks aren't that good. Yeah,
1: but hold on a second.
2: The I, Ravens are running a college offense.
1: I just talked about the Chiefs. Now I do want to talk about the Cowboys, and then we'll go through all the games. No one foresaw that either. No one foresaw it. the Cowboys' defense, which was really good, giving up 270 rushing yards. Two guys for 100 yards. No one, no one saw that, though. That's all I'm saying.
2: But the, the problem is, why not? The Rams have been an offensive juggernaut the whole season. Who who did stop the Rams? Ever. To the tune of like, oh, the Rams got shut down this year. The Rams are suspect. Look at their offense. They scored seven points. They're the second highest scoring offense in
1: football. Yeah, but they're not rushing the ball like that.
2: I mean, they have Todd Gurley. I mean, they Didn't have they it. do that... Didn't they do that in the Broncos game where they, it was like you went in and you played a good D on the road and they were like, we're going to run the ball?
1: They did do good in Denver, but I'm just saying like, I, I like come on. None of us – no one saw the fucking – they literally just – I mean,
2: no, like it's a very specific prediction to say no one saw the Cow- the, the Rams rushing for 209s, but I saw the whole year the Cowboys have been overrated the whole time. Now, did I underrate the Cowboys when I said they'd win four games? Yeah. But they were never good. They were never a great... They were never a contender. Never. Not for one second.
1: Well, look. As we talk about all these games and we go through it, I have no problem wearing the L-chain because I was clearly wrong on the Chiefs. Uh, I was wrong on the Pat- the Patriots. But all, all you fucking people who want to come at me, I want to clarify some things. I'm not wrong about the defenses. I'm not. I disagree. No, I'm not. What if I've been preaching all fucking year that the defenses that tighten up are going to win
2: games but that's that's not you're not really preaching that everybody that's like saying the the i mean everybody knows that right no one's winning not
1: everybody knows that preno because people think there's going to be shootouts well there
2: was a shootout it's a matter of you know you have you're going to play to the game that you have to play to win come the playoffs if it's if it's rams chiefs super bowl it could be a shootout if it's you know, uh, a Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, it could be a shootout.
1: It could, but my argument through two weeks now, through two weeks, there's been zero shootouts. The Chiefs defense held the Colts to 13 points. They played amazing. Did I miss the mark on that? Yeah, I think the Chiefs defense could do that.
2: I mean, the Patriots scored 40-plus points. The Chiefs scored, how many points did the Chiefs score? Like, you're you're getting a lot of points from some teams.
1: Yeah, that's... That's literally what I'm saying. If you give up more than 30 points, you're going to lose. All those teams lost. I mean, that's like saying if
2: you give up, you know, 140 points in a basketball game, you're going to lose. Like that's sort of common knowledge, right?
1: But it's not. That's dude, because everyone. No, no, no. I think you're misunderstanding. I,
2: I think the I think the problem that people have with your predictions is you were very you were calling out. You weren't saying. Oh, any, anything can happen. Whichever team locks it down, you're saying the Chiefs' defense is suspect that they're not going to win a single playoff game. That the Rams' defense is suspect that they're not going to win if they can't shut people down. That you know you like the Texans because of their defense, and you like this team because of their defense, and you like the the way the Chargers are built for their defense. When the bottom line is, the Chiefs showed up and shut down a good offense, and the Chargers got their shit pushed in.
1: Yeah, and that's why those teams won. Right. Their defense has showed up. I'm just saying. You, okay, let's talk about the Chiefs game. Let's talk about it. It's not like they had an amazing game offensively. They had some greats. They're always going to have great plays. They have Mahomes. They have talented guys. But my point is, again, the Chiefs won that game. They beat the shit out of the Colts because of their defense. Correct.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a well-played, all-around game by the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat them in every aspect of that so game.
1: So I was wrong about the Chiefs' defense showing up. I can own up to that. I'm wearing the out chain But again, it's also proving my point. The Chiefs, no, I'm, laugh at all you want. The Chiefs didn't beat the Colts 35-31. to 31. That's my fucking point on all this shit. All these people want to call me, there's been no shootouts. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, but they
1: won I, 31 I think to 13. the thing is
2: everybody, everybody agrees that, I mean, I've been saying that all year as well, like, the playoffs are a different beast because you get into the playoffs, every team is a playoff quality team. So you have to strategize. The I think that both the, the Chiefs and the Rams specifically, you've been, you know, you shit on basically both of their defenses. Whereas I think both of those teams have done what they need to to win games Throughout the regular season, it's like, if this game calls for a shootout, then we're going to have a shootout. If this game calls for low scoring, then we're going to be low scoring. The Chiefs have been – they haven't been fantastic defensively at home, but they've given up 19 points a game. You know, that's not – they're not a a, a completely atrocious defense.
1: Well, overall, you know, they were averaging – they were the second worst in the league in most yards and in the bottom tier for overall points per game. Now, did I not look and factor in what they were doing at home? No, I didn't know. I just saw that they were giving up 27 points a game overall. So they were giving up a lot of points on the road. Maybe I should have factored in. Maybe that's that's Well, you I'm also
2: got to factor in a little bit, right? They give up like think about just the the Chiefs Rams game. Like how much is that that that's If you spread out just the 54 points that they gave up in that game over the course of the year, yeah. that's four points a game.
1: But again, Prino, my point all along has been, and it's happened for two weeks, you're not going to have offensive shootouts. That's but it a- hasn't
2: happened for two weeks. It's happened for 200 weeks because that's what happens in playoff football. So that's what I've been saying. But you've also specifically been saying week after week that the Chiefs are not Chiefs fans are angry at you because you've picked against you said they're not going to win a single playoff game.
1: Well, you can also go back and you can pull all these clips. A lot of them, I say, if they don't show up, I'm throwing a lot of ifs out there. Yeah. If they don't show up, but if they show up, they're fucking be fine. Yeah, I was wrong. The Chiefs won. They're they're not going to win next week.
2: I knew you were, <laughs> I knew it was coming. We'll save that. For, we'll save that for Thursday. Look, a, a lot of these games. It, it is a very similar storyline, but the bottom line in the Chiefs-Colts game is they got after it early. The three three and outs to start the game and the Chiefs scoring points, it was over. The game's over. It was over right I then agree. and there. And look, I, you know, I honestly don't know. I, I think that the Chiefs came to play, and I think home field was an advantage for them, obviously. Sure. Um, I think the Chiefs offense is going to score points no matter what. To some degree. I don't see any team. I don't see the Patriots coming in and going like, we figured it out. It's going to be like next week, Patriots-Chiefs might be a shootout. It might be a shootout. And it was really, I think it was a combination, that Chiefs game being over as fast as it was. The Chiefs came to play. The Colts didn't. Yeah. Simultaneously. No, I agree. And that game was over in four drives.
1: And by the way, I'm not saying that there can't be a shootout because there's going to be exceptions to every rule. I'm just saying the majority of the games haven't been that way. I mean, the Chargers score is even misleading. 28 points. It's 7 points. They were down 35-7 at half. But you're right about the Chiefs-Colts game. And that game was over by the second quarter and I knew it. I knew I was taking the L. I thought maybe there was a sliver of hope until Vinatieri misses that 23-yard chip shot to cut it down to two touchdowns. The Chiefs looked great.
2: Chiefs looked great. Andy Rudolph-Abi is exceptional. They, you know, I saw some people, and I'm on the Chiefs bandwagon, by the way. I've been on the Chiefs bandwagon since Alex Smith was was let go of that team. They got rid of fucking the Checkdown King. And I had no idea Patrick, Patrick Mahomes was going to be this good. No idea. but no, I Nobody did. But I knew he was not Alex Smith, and I picked them to go to the Super Bowl in the preseason on that fact alone. Now, uh, I did see a lot of people like sort of coming out for the Andy Reid party. Like yesterday was Andy Reid's— uh, is it, is it over now? Have we, has Andy Reid proven? He needs to win a Super Bowl. Well, it's not even that he needs to win a Super Bowl. Andy Reid's problem is Andy Reid is great in coaching blowouts. When Andy Reid f- fucking fails epically is when that game is a six, a three, a seven-point game down the stretch. And suddenly you have to strategize on how long do we hold the ball versus how long – Do we give them to have the ball? When do I use my timeouts? When do I not use my timeouts? He's a great offensive mind, but he's a horrific head coach when it comes to managing time, throwing challenge flags. He's a great head coach, obviously, in preparing his team week to week. He's a horrific head coach when it comes to the specific things that a head coach has to do in-game for a team.
1: So quickly looking ahead, yeah, and obviously we will fully – dive into this on Thursday's episode, are you leaning towards one team or the other in the yeah, AFC Championship? I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. You're leaning towards the Chiefs. Yeah. Even though you just put Andy Reid on blast.
2: Yeah, and I think- And he's going against the GOAT. Right, and I think, honestly, that is, that is the only thing that gives me pause in that game is because when's the last time Bill Belichick got blown out? So it is probably going to be one of those games, and it's going to put Andy Reid in the position where he is a known failure. But just like we were saying about the game before, I think in a who has the ball last game, Andy Reid and the Chiefs have a great shot. Yeah, if it ends up being that game, if it ends up being you know a ten point, eight. I I just think the Chiefs are too goddamn talented. They have too many goddamn weapons, and they get at the quarterback. They led the league in sacks. We all know Tom Brady, you know, everybody, he's everybody's goat and whatever, but like it's not even the great defenses that Tom Brady necessarily tends to struggle with. It's like straight up heavy pass rush attacks. You'd probably be better off if you were building a team to attack Tom Brady's Patriots to focus on. Almost solely on having a pass rush, as opposed to like, oh, we're going to be a very balanced team. You know, we got great defensive backs. We got, I mean, obviously, my giant, my two Giants teams are great examples. We can name four guys on, on each of those pass rushing defensive lines. And unless you're a Giants fan, you probably can't name a linebacker. You probably can't name a defensive back. You certainly can't name
1: two. Yeah. Well, the Vegas line is pretty even right now. It's about a three-point Kansas City spread, which is calling the game a push. Right. Since the home team has spotted three points.
2: And weather is going to be a factor. They're calling for it to be like negative 10 already. So that'll be interesting.
1: Well, let's talk Rams-Cowboys, which you and I called live via YouTube. Look, we talked about it earlier. The Rams ran the ball, and that was what they did. They ran the ball all over the Dallas D. And one of my biggest critiques of Sean McVay, one of my few critiques, because I think he's an amazing coach, has been he gets away from the run too much. I think they have such an explosive back and girly. And now that you have CJ, as you call him, Flipper Anderson. Yeah. If you watched the, U- too. If you watched the YouTube live, you would have loved that. Moving forward, I really like this combo. Because I don't think I said this on the broadcast. I don't think Gurley. I think Gurley's like eighty to ninety percent still. Right. I don't think he's on. Hun- I don't think he's near a hundred. I mean, you can't
2: think he is just based on the number of touches that Flipper got.
1: Exactly. So this two-headed monster worked great. They were running the ball on.
2: See, I think the thing with Sean McVay. I know you know over the course of a year. You know, sixteen games. A lot of things can happen, and here and there, like he's gonna make. But I think th- this Rams team, like I said before, come playoff time, they do what they. I feel like the Rams are gonna play. If they next week, if they go to the Super Bowl, they're gonna be relatively close games because he his offensive strategy is like whatever's working, stick with it until you're fucking losing. Like we saw in that. In that Rams-Chiefs game that we went to, obviously it was going to be a shootout. They basically didn't run the ball the whole game, and they threw it all around. Last week, or you know, two days ago, against the Cowboys, the run was working. So he's thinking, I think he's. it's not about getting away from one thing or the other. I think he just plays his hot hand, and sometimes maybe he falls in love with his hot hand. I get
1: Exactly. That's my gripe about him, is that if you fall behind, let's say, the Saints this week, 7-10 points— me, if I'm calling plays, I'm saying don't completely get rid of the run. If you're down – because because the Saints are going to be at home. You can't completely get rid of the run because you have guys who can run the ball.
2: Well, in two seasons as the Rams coach, McVay's won a lot of games. Sure. And over the course of a coaching career, you, you start to figure out, okay, my team's been in this position before and this is what I did. The bottom line is he hasn't really dealt – with significant time as being behind in two full seasons. I mean, how many games did they win last year? 12? 11. 11? Okay, so 24 24 wins wins over the course of two years. Not a lot of time just straight up trailing. I'm sure not a ton of time trailing by 10
1: points. Well, ironically, the time that they were getting their ass kicked this year was against the Saints when they were down, I believe. They were down at least a touchdown. That was a game. Yeah, I know, but they were down at one point two to three, at least two touchdowns, maybe even three touchdowns. And they came back, and that and that was a big shootout. They lost yeah. 45 to 35. In fact, that was the only game they lost where they scored more than 28 points. So, I'm just saying, again, I love McVay. I just think the key for me, if I'm going into that game, is you want to keep the ball away from Drew Brees as much as possible. Even though the Saints' offense hasn't been how it was the first eight games. But overall I thought the Rams, I love their game plan, their defense for the most part showed up. They're still the Rams still are, if I'm going to be critical, they're still suspect at certain parts. Like Marcus Peters to me is a joke. He got absolutely lit up by Michael Thomas last time they played and I have a feeling it might happen again. I mean, I don't even know why
2: they would put him on Michael Thomas was to live out Leave out that game. I think he was. He right? was out. So that'll be. Don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have Marcus Peters. I'd actually tell Marcus Peters if he goes within five yards of Michael Thomas that he's off the team. Yeah. Like I don't even want you thinking
1: about guarding him.
2: I don't want people confused by you being there thinking that you're covering him. You are not covering him.
1: Well, you brought something up during our live broadcast of this. I want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott during the Rams game. His stat line right here is twenty rushes for forty-seven yards. You brought up the Saquon Barkley argument, which you and I have discussed all year, and you said this is kind of why you think he's not in this conversation.
2: Well, first of all, Ezekiel Elliott was only ever in the conversation because him and Dax' rookie year, they went thirteen and three and had just like not even not even an argument. They had the best offensive line in football. And they were – Dak was a rookie QB. They dialed back their offense, and they were like, we're going to feed this kid. And he was exceptional that year. But when you look at – when and we got criticized, and I get the girly fans coming at us with the touchdowns that he had this year. And my argument to that as a Saquon Barkley and Giants fan is, man, they're scoring a lot of fucking – Points like that offense is like a lot of people are putting up gaudy numbers in that offense. But when you go back to it, Saquon Barkley finished the year with the most yards from scrimmage of anybody on a five win Giants team. That offense was stagnant at best at times. Ezekiel Elliott, great, he's a fantastic player, he's a great running back. But in this game, they started shutting him down. You didn't see them. Tossing it to him. You didn't see them running the jet sweep with him out of the slot. You didn't see them throwing screen passes to him. You didn't see them lining him up in the slot and running little outs and little pick plays and stuff like that. They stopped him from running straight ahead off tackle. And that was it. Bye. You're not eating. Kitchen's closed. Like they didn't find a way to get him the ball. And honestly, is that on Jason Garrett and and their offensive coaching staff? Of course it is, but it's also a little bit on. He's never been that player. Saquon Barkley caught a hundred balls this year.
1: A hundred.
2: So, <laughs> Comparing them to as all around running backs.
1: So if you're going to rank, right now the top running backs in the NFL, like
2: if I if you're going. If you said you have a team, I'm not telling you who's on the team. I'm not telling you what kind of offense you're running, what kind of defense you're running, where you play, indoor, outdoor, whatever. It's just you can pick any running back to be RB1 in the backfield.
1: I'm taking Saquon Barkley. But then after that, where are you going is my question.
2: Probably to Gurley. I love Alvin Kamara too. Yeah. He's catching the ball a lot. He's running back kicks. He's v- dynamic. He's dynamic. Gurley is probably right there as well. Those are my three.
1: But I would agree with you. I would have Kamara personally over Zeke. Now, I will say that Kamara does kind of get – like like, like he gets an advantage also because he gets help from having uh, Mark Ingram. You know, that helps any running back. When you have a one-two combo. Sure. We saw in the Rams game. It doesn't
2: help you statistically. No,
1: It doesn't help you statistically, but I think it helps open up the field sure. for you. Sure.
2: But look at what's happening with Gurley now. It doesn't – it's not a bad strategy no matter how good your running back is to have that ability. Yeah. You know, I don't think the Giants – I mean, they probably don't think either that it's going to be the Saquon Barkley-Wayne Gallman one-two punch. But I'm sure that they want somebody to be that guy.
1: Well, Cowboys fans, you should be happy with your overall season. You want a playoff game. Neither of us saw them winning 10 games. However, you still got Jason Garrett. I'm sorry. He's going to get an extension. I don't know who's better, but I don't think Jason Garrett is le- ever leading the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. No. Plain and simple.
2: Plain and simple. Look, every move I talk about when I talk about the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Redskins, there always is a hint of New York Giants fandom bias in there. As a New York Giants fan, I'm ecstatic at the idea. Ecstatic about the idea of Jason Garrett getting an extension. Give him a lifetime extension. Give him the Coach K deal. Make him the coach forever.
1: Well, our friend, Tug Coker, at Tug was mentioned, yep. was at the game. We were worried for a minute. Yeah, We were not hearing from him. He went down to LA Coliseum, and I know Tug got some amazing last-minute seats on SeatGeek.
2: In fact, he sent us a screenshot of his SeatGeek
1: purchase. Yeah, he did. Now, Tug was smart. This isn't his first rodeo. Right. He waited until day of... He got some amazing tickets on SeatGeek. And I know Tug was texting us saying, it's great because he loves you can see exactly where you're sitting. Obviously, he's familiar with the Coliseum. He knew what he was walking into. That's what's great about SeatGeek. They show you the seats ahead of time. You don't walk in thinking you're at one end zone. You end up in the other end zone. You walk into the Coliseum. Next thing you know, you're at the soccer stadium next door. None of that. No surprises with SeatGeek. And guys, best of all, let me pull this up. Best of all, all dirt balls. Get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Okay, I want to talk about something, though, about this game. Because Tug and I were texting a lot yesterday about this. Because I think it's kind of interesting. The current state and psychology of L.A. Rams fans... So, Tug said, and we also had other Dirtballs who were tweeting from the game, this wasn't just a lot of Cowboys fans. Tug was saying, at worst, probably...
2: Six, he said, 65, did he
1: say 65-35? 65-35. Now... So, and by the way, 65% Cowboys
2: fans. Let me, let me also say something about my official Dirty Sports co-host replacement, Mr. Tug Coker. Oh, it's official. An honest and good man is Tug Coker. I agree. If Andy Ruther had gone to that game, and we know Andy Ruther likes to shit on LA fans, he'd be like, "It's ninety-five-five Cowboys fans here. LA fans suck. Literally, it's the Shabbaly family and Cowboys fans." <laughs> and you'd have to be like, "Well, okay, so let's take, let's factor in, you know, the the trolling and the the LA fan hate, and like, let's come up. If Tug Coker." A good and honest man says it's 65-35 Cowboys. I believe him. And that is fucking absurd.
1: Well, we, we went back and forth a lot In yesterday. a playoff
2: game yeah. to be outnumbered at all. for In a playoff game, for it to be close, your fans should be fucking disgusted. And honestly, I don't really know who I'm talking to because if you were a true fan, you'd have been there.
1: But that's what I want to get to. That's, that's hey, Jesus was there. That's the meat of the discussion. So the Mexicans were there. This is what. Where was Shabeli Spokane. This is what I want to figure out.
2: Topeka. Where is he? Topeka's, Tacoma. Topeka, Kansas. Yeah, he's in some shitty white middle of nowhere place.
1: Spokane, Spokane, Spokane? Washington. But that's what I want to talk about because I was I was texting with Tug and I said it's been interesting for me to see the breakdown of every Rams game I go to. But here's the point I made to Tug, which is kind of interesting. And he goes, that's actually a good point. I said, I don't know how long it's going to take for L.A. to get behind it. But the biggest people at fault, in my opinion, are the native L.A. people. Because here's my example. I said, let's talk about myself. You have a guy who grew up a Cincinnati Bengals fan, who watched the Boomer size and days, who, you know, remembers my first memories of that Super Bowl team blah blah blah. So that's in my blood forever, right? And then I give it up. I see a smile across Well,
2: cuz you know, the thing is the about LA people. Native LA people, LA transplants, whatever. LA people are flaky as fuck you become more flaky when you get here you become late you become whatever but I know you when you do that you're always like, well I had to tweet I, you know I'm working we did a live broadcast blah blah but that's just every LA fan there's always an excuse every LA fan always has an excuse of why they couldn't
1: It's the bottom line Well no I'm not making an excuse the reason I didn't go to this game is I didn't want to pay 300 dollars. You can call that an excuse right. all you want. Now you, you you don't
2: have season tickets to the Rams, and that's who I put this on. Mostly is like, but that's what I want to get to. There's no way you that there's no way sixty five percent of L, the L A Coliseum is unsold to season ticket holders. And,
1: and that's my point. What so
2: you sold your tickets to Cowboys fans. You're the devil. You're a bad fan, and and. It's going to come back to bite you.
1: And that's what I wanted to get to. So basically, my point was this. I didn't want to spend $300. But you know mo-
2: who did want to spend $300? Fucking Cowboys fans who live in L.A.
1: Yeah. Well, and a lot of them probably have more money than me. So my, my take was this. Because Tug and I went back and forth all week. I said, look, I've been to three games this year. I thought I've supported the team good this year. I'm not going to drop $300 a ticket. But then we had an interesting discussion. And this was my point to Tug. And he goes, that makes sense. I go... Being that like I'm a newer Rams fan, I'm still not. I'll use the term. I know it's going to sound douchey. Emotionally, there. This is my example. I said when the Rams lost last year to the Falcons, I was back in Cincinnati. I was watching the game with my brothers. I go. I was upset, but I wasn't. I wasn't Andy Ruther upset when Xavier loses last year to Florida State.
2: I think that's also not even a matter of time. That's just a matter of when your fandom begins in the first place. Does that You're make automatically sense? going to be more detached becoming the fan of something as an adult than you are as a child because it meant more to you then and it will always mean that much to you.
1: That's what I'm saying. So like when the Reds blew that 2-0 lead in 2012, I was so irate because I was going to fly back for a playoff game. When Xavier lost last year and when they lost their coach, you guys saw how butthurt I was. But that's my point. When the Rams lost last year, I was like, because I'm just not, I root for them. I want them to win. When I go to the games, I'm obviously big into cheering, but I haven't had them with me for my whole life like my other teams. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So there's a lot of me's out there. But I'm glad you brought that up. My issue, like you said, is with the born and raised L.A. people, the season ticket holders, and I actually talked to the mayor about this because he had a bunch of friends who do have season tickets, and they did exactly what you said. Guess what they did? They sold their tickets at a much higher rate to someone else.
2: The Cowboys fans who, you know, we can mock the America's team thing all the time, and it deserves mocking, but 65-35 in a fucking away stadium in the playoffs. Playoffs? It's impressive. It's as impressive for Cowboys fans as it is shameful for Rams fans.
1: And I guess the question then is... But
2: Rams got the W, so those people paid to to wear that L-chain. At what point... And honestly, I could have saved those Cowboys fans a lot of money, and I could have saved Tug a lot of money. Cowboys were never winning that game, and I could have told them all
1: that. But at what point... Does this change over, is my question. That's what Tug and I were debating. Like We're saying this might take 20, 25 years.
2: I don't think it'll ever be... Ever. Ever. I don't think it will ever be what it is to be a Bears fan, a Giants fan, an Eagles fan. Uh, You're saying I, never. Never. Because go to Staples. The Lakers are the most storied franchise in basketball history, right up there with the Celtics. It, The Knicks are a fucking... A dumpster on fire on the back of a train that's falling off a cliff. It's a pile of shit being lit on fire and thrown into a fireworks show, and shit is exploding and landing on people. You will see more home Knicks fans at the Garden than you will see at at a Lakers game. And when you mean at Staples, at Staples, when you. When when an Eastern Conference team with a big star comes to town, if Kyrie and the Celtics come to, the, it's still going to be the majority of Knicks fans. If you go to the Staples when the Warriors are in town, there's a lot of Warriors fans there. I went to sta- I went to fucking Staples for the Clippers game. There was a lot of Kings fans there. Who are
1: Kings fans? So you're basically saying this comes soft back as shit to just the city of Los Angeles? Yeah,
2: soft, flaky. They don't like they don't really get too heavily invested in anything. It's like it's a very surface place
1: emotionally. So we're going to say at this point the one team you don't see that to me is the Dodgers games. When I go to Dodger Stadium, it's majority you know, it's 85-90% Dodgers fans.
2: No way. You're going to disagree. Yeah, go go when the Mets come to town. New York transplants? We fucking fill the place. Now, look, Cincinnati is just a smaller city in general. So you go to the Cincinnati you know series, you're gonna see some Reds fans, but like how many people in comparison, when the Red Sox were here for the World Series, lots of Sox fans. You know, you look at I bet you I bet you it fills up for Cubs. I bet you it fills up for Phillies. I bet you it fills up for a lot of those East Coast transplant cities that are out here. Now, you're going to say, oh, uh, it's 85, 10, 15 Rockies, Dodgers. It's like, yeah, they play fucking eight games a year out here, and Denver's like 800 miles away or whatever. Go, dude, we went to Mets, Dodgers playoff. That was a playoff game. There were a lot of Mets fans there. A lot.
1: Yeah. I just, the reason I bring all this up, because I remember after the Chiefs game, which you and I went to, That was definitely majority Rams fans.
2: There's a lot of Chiefs fans there, too.
1: No, I I know, but still. I'm just saying majority Rams fans, it was loud, it was fun, it was electric. Obviously, the game was the best game I've ever been to live.
2: And don't forget that game. Think about how many Chiefs fans were there, and that game was scheduled that week.
1: No, for sure. But my point is this. I read a lot of the write-ups from local L.A. writers, and the theme was "This this was officially... Became the Rams' town. This was officially became, that was the first big home game. And this was, you know, us owning up that we have an NFL team again. And I think all those writers who wrote that were wrong, plain and simple. We saw it this week against Dallas.
2: 65 35 in a playoff game is disgraceful. For that's, you're just you're just not used to, you're, you truly don't have a fan base yet. Yeah. You don't have a base of fans. If you're base, you could say there's a million people or two million or five million people who call themselves a Rams fan, but your fan base is the 70,000 people that you need to show up for a playoff game.
1: Yeah, and you're going to say that that's never going to change, whereas I'm thinking it might be the people like me and you who grew up watching a sport. I'm saying the kid who's six years old who becomes a Todd Gurley fan we need that to happen over the next twenty years, but you don't think it's going to happen.
2: I think, I mean, it, it may increase, but sixty five, thirty five for in a Cowboys game, because
1: LA is always going to be like, well, it
2: is Golden Globes night too. It's raining, and, uh, yeah. It's right, dude. I texted that tug. I was like, it's going to be Tug M Legend. I was like, you are going to be the only person in the fucking stadium at all. LA fans are like, it rained once yesterday i shall not go outside (laughs) and we're all we're we are all uh that it happens to everybody dude when it gets down to 40 something degrees now i'm like it's fucking cold in new york it's 40 degrees in december you're like going to the park to play softball like you're like oh it's not cold
1: yeah we all become pussies i agree
2: but la people born and bred in la they they don't become pussies they come out of pussies and they
1: stay them yeah no you're right well, let's talk about Sunday's games. The Chargers got their ass kicked. I was wrong. I don't know why I went against Belichick. I don't know why I went against Brady. Uh, that's why I'm wearing this L chain.
2: Well, you went against them because the Chargers' defense is really good. They have a veteran quarterback. They have weapons on offense, and you know I tweeted yesterday because you know I like to troll people and. And I especially like to do it anytime I can include Eli Manning in it. But I put out I put out a tweet, if only, and it was a picture of Eli holding his Chargers jersey when he got drafted first overall. And a lot of people came in and were like, yeah, is Eli Manning going to stop the Patriots from scoring 40-something points? Well, kind of. That's how it works. You stop a team from scoring points not just with your defense— but with your ability to keep their their offense off the field with your offense. Phillip Rivers, we laid down the gauntlet for him and Drew Brees this year. We laid it down, and Phillip Rivers did not fucking come to play. His numbers at the end of the game are inflated because they're, they're playing the comeback. The bottom line is early in the game, they're not converting on third down. If you're not converting on third down, you're... Putting their offense back on the field, and then their offense is scoring points because Belichick's gonna have a fucking great game plan, and the dinks and the dunks and the dump offs and the checkdowns were all working, and those guys were and he was running the ball with Sony Michelle, and he's got the James White and the two headed monster. But the bottom line is, to start that game, the Chargers' offense needs to stay on the field.
1: I don't know, man. Their defense was not stopping anything. I mean, Brady was finding—he wasn't even throwing the ball deep. He was finding wide open James White, wide open Julian Edelman. Like you were saying, the dinks and dunks. That's why you know our our buddy Barry McCockiner always makes the joke about the checkdowns. In that first half, Tom Brady was captain checkdown. He threw a five-yard pass. They get 13, 14, 15 yards. But— the problem
2: with that game yesterday for the chargers and they couldn't run the ball was a was it was it was a snowball rolling downhill and they never they never even came close to stopping it the patriots take the ball the patriots drive down and they score to start the game right there so the thing about the new england patriots and i know this is going to be sort of like well you basically are saying fucking whatever but like there's two ways to beat the Patriots. We've seen it. We've seen the Eli Manning Giants method. Like I said, keep the ball away from them, shorten the game, turn it into, hey, let's let's hope to have the ball with a shot to win at the end, and we'll see if we can fucking do it. And the other way is what the Philadelphia Eagles did last year. It's like, oh, they're going to come down and get seven points to start the game. You got to come down and get seven points right back. It's either... Shorten this game and play 17-14 or be ready to go 45-44 and you better not make a mistake. The Dude, the Atlanta Falcons, they went that method and they had it. They dropped the ball at the end. They, they had a couple of huge mistakes that let them – you have to stay on the gas pedal. If you're going to do that, stay on the gas pedal. The problem with this Chargers team, the Patriots got the ball. They came down. They did nothing they came down and did it again. They did nothing. They like it was a matter it, it was a snowball. If this game is 100% different if they go down and they score and they tie the game
1: 7-7. But they went down 14-0, then they scored.
2: And then the Patriots scored again. And then the Patriots scored again. And then the Patriots are getting Wait, into- wait,
1: they did they didn't score. They didn't make it 7-7?
2: I don't think so. Or maybe they did make it seven seven. But it the bottom line they, is they
1: did. They did go right down the
2: and bottom score. line is they got to start the game, it was a the, the Patriots were up what what was this halftime score?
1: Thirty five seven.
2: At the half. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a shootout, have a
1: fucking shootout. Well the, yeah, they did. So they did go down and score, then the Patriots went right okay. back down and scored. and then
2: scored again and then scored again and then scored again and then I, scored and had five touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. You want, if you're going to get into that game with them, you're going to have to score a bunch of points. You're going to have to. And they didn't. And it wasn't. And when, you, when they got in the second half, what was the final? 41? 41-28. So they scored six points in the second half. They just were like, yeah, we're fine with field goals at this point. What are you going to do? We're just going to take drives. And we're, they were fine punting. Punt and field that, goals.
1: You can see right now, that's, yeah. that first drive the Patriots took in the second half, 14 plays, 57 yards, 722 on the clock. They took half a quarter to get a field goal. Yeah, But that's the genius of Belichick. We know it. Changing your game plan, modifying it. The guy's brilliant.
2: But here's the thing. Here's why I'm taking the Chiefs next week. Because at this point, that's who this Patriots team is. This Patriots team is... Let's go. You're going to play with us? Let's go. We're going to score 35 points. You Are you going to score 35 in the first half to keep up? I think the Chiefs can, and I think the Chiefs will.
1: So you'd see an offensive and, game.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be offensive. Their first,
1: their first game was.
2: And I think it'll be offensive to some degree. That doesn't mean I think it'll be 40-something, 40-something, but I think, I think scores will be traded yeah. throughout that game. Come playoff time you do have to factor in time. like The Patriots might have a seven-minute drive, and then maybe the Chiefs come down and score, whatever it is, but I think that there's going to be score trading. And again, Belichick is a mastermind because the, the Chargers defense is really good, and he found a way to put up five touchdowns in the first half. That's when the chess match goes, are you going to score with us? And that's why we can all slurp Phillip Rivers all we want in the great career he had, but... He didn't keep up. He didn't keep up. And they and they got fucking boat raced.
1: It was a massacre. He laid a complete egg. Let's finish up with Saints-Eagles. We talked about it earlier, but good game. Fun to watch. Eagles come out 14-0. I thought this game was over. You were worried that the Ruther Jinx was in full effect. I was, I
2: was worried... Pre-game, that yeah. After what you did to every other team, I was worried. I mean, what you the the stink that you put on the Chargers and the Colts. I mean,
1: you think think there should be a new dirty for dirty that when I
2: go, you like when you like get on a soapbox and proclaim a team like those teams should just not play for (laughs) sake of not injuring their players.
1: Is the Ruther stink uh, the same as what's that rapper?
2: Oh, like the fucking yeah! I know who you're talking about.
1: How do we not know this rapper?
2: Who? Because he's not from Houston in 2004, or else you'd know. You for sure know his name.
1: Who's the, who's the rapper who puts the uh, the hex on everybody, yeah. guys? Somebody in the comment section, it's let me curse. know. The curse. The curse. Little B. Yeah. Yeah. Ba- little base god. <laughs> little base god. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh. So so I have the Denti curse.
2: Yeah. Putting that stink on people.
1: So anybody, I, I, I make a guarantee, but I'll be honest, I don't know about my guarantees this week because I don't, I don't. You don't
2: feel super great.
1: About I don't feel super great about anybody.
2: Going into next week, you're saying. Going into next week, but you're all, now you're back in on like until somebody dethrones the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, you just the, your AFC allegiance is all over the place. You're just grasping at straws at this point. I'm you're just, you're 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 sinking in quicksand. Every vine you pull on is not attached to a tree.
1: Yeah, I'm a disaster.
2: Yeah, I don't know. You just don't want to respect the Chiefs. But the, and the question is, why? It's not that I don't
1: want to respect the Chiefs.
2: It's just that you have been disrespecting the Chiefs repeatedly.
1: But in a way, I've been disrespecting the Rams just as much. Yeah, except you picked them. Okay, fair enough.
2: I mean, you picked you picked the, the Chiefs to lose at home to a team that you picked to lose the week before to Bill O'Brien.
1: I did. That's correct. <laughs> little b based god thank you yeah. comment section i
2: think uh i think the chiefs can play that game with the patriots
1: are we looking at two shootouts
2: i think that i i don't think either game will be like crazy gross i think that the patriots chiefs game will be higher scoring
1: yeah i agree
2: and i think it'll be you know i think it could be a 31-28 game you know or a 30 or a 30- Four thirty-one game or a 35-31 game. Like, it could be you're, – you're not going to see a lot of – you're not going to see Belichick or Reed, I think, settle for field goals in that
1: game. The Saints' D has been playing well. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I, think about it. You give up 14 points to start the game and not a point the rest of the game. And Drew Brees, he's playing good, but he's not playing – first half of the season drew Brees. Right. I mean But, through,
2: through but he's, he played he played great yesterday. They had I mean the this the drive to start the second half where they had the big fumble. I think I think I saw it was a hundred and twelve yard drive because of the way the ball moved backwards and whatever. Um is that the one where they drive or is that, is that they have a holding call either way the second half started with like a, a super long drive. Um they played great. I never I was worried about that. I was never worried about the Eagles winning that game until they were up fourteen nothing, and then I was like, "Oh my god, this is ridiculous." But uh, I thought otherwise. I gave them. I honestly didn't give them much of a shot to win that game going in at all.
1: I have a lot of trust in Nick Foles on that final drive, and I mean, he catches that pass. They're all the way down to the thirty-yard line already. Yep. If not farther. Again, playing the what if game is stupid, but I do think. He catches that pass. Ooh, it gets real dicey there for Saints fans. To reiterate, if you're an Eagles fan, Nick Foles has shown he can do it in high-pressure moments. He's won four playoff games. Carson Wentz has not shown that he can do that because he hasn't been given that opportunity. I don't know why you want Carson Wentz. I just don't. I think you have to stick with Nick Foles. And they won't.
2: No, they won't. They won't. I believe the deal is that he has a. There's a team option. It start. It's a. It's a two way option. So the Eagles, if they want to keep him, have to pick up his option next year for twenty million. And even if they do that, not likely Foles will take it because he can go out and be a free agent.
1: Yeah. He'll get paid.
2: He'll get paid more than twenty million. Sure. Even if it's three. Even if you got three years, eight yeah. million. You're making more. Now, who knows how much he loves being an eagle and blah 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 blah. blah. But like, I th- again, this comes from a, a New York Giants fan. All I hope that they let Foles walk. And I hope that they go all in on a franchise quarterback who's coming off a season-ending knee injury and a season-ending spine injury. I have been an outspoken fan of Carson Wentz's game. But I was an outspoken fan of RG3's game when his career started. He's now the backup to the backup of the fucking Baltimore Ravens. Shredding your knee... And hurting your spine in two seasons of your first three, you just don't understand football. If you're like, yeah, he's still our future; it'll be fine. He's a yeah. franchise guy. You just you know nothing. Somebody tagged me in a post because Nick Wright. I, I I used to think Nick Wright was a Giants fan, but I also think Nick Wright might just be. I think Nick Wright's. Falling on on hard times I think he's gone down the hot take bobsled track Where now he's just careening downhill With stupid hot takes But he said something like The 6th pick Of the draft from the Giants Plus multiple picks next year For Carson Wentz Who says no Well how fucking stupid would it be To Move on from Eli Manning who in his career missed less snaps to injury, less snaps to injury than Carson Wentz has had season-ending injuries. In his whole career, Eli Manning didn't miss two snaps to injury. Carson Wentz has had two full seasons ended by injury. All I want in life is Nick Foles to go somewhere else, anywhere else, and the Eagles to be all in on Carson Wentz for the future. Please, as a Giants fan, please do that. Because I want, as a Giants fan, to have to face Nate Sudfeld in week week 16 next year. Please, please go all in on Carson Wentz. He is your franchise. He was going to be the MVP.
1: Something Something about Nick Foles, man... Let's not forget, he's winning these games with a banged-up, depleted defense. I mean, my point is, they're playing at an exceptional level. The hell is that? (laughs) My mustache? They're playing at a level above their ability. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, if you watch those DBs, they're playing so much better than... They're capable of. And again, I think that's because of Nick Foles. I think there's something about him in that locker room where the guys and the Eagles want to play for him. And is maybe athletically Carson Wentz better? Yeah, but shit, guys. Foles won four playoff games in the last two years. I don't know what else you want.
2: Look, I, I in the grand scheme of things, my athletic prowess Is not you know I'm not where I I'm certainly not where I once was And I'm also a white 6'4 white guy Like I'm not in your upper echelon Of athletes in the world Okay I can tell you one thing Every single player Existing in the NFL right now Punters, kickers, long snappers They're all better athletes than me You know who I'll take In a one-on-one basketball game Between me and Ryan Shazier? Me Because he had a spine injury Carson Wentz can be the athlete all you want He's coming off a knee and a spine injury Yeah Athletically is he better than Nick Foles Yeah Not with a spine injury He also might have fucking Face aids Did you see his neck What was going on with his neck He was like Fucking neck was covered in like Some sort of crazy rash on the sideline yesterday I think Carson Wentz might be like Patient zero for some sort of flesh and bone and spine eating virus <laughs> and he probably got it from shaking the hand of a guy who ate horse shit So <laughs> <laughs> what you get for living in a cesspool and high-fiving every fucking guy on your way into the stadium they're all covered in feces <laughs> it's goddamn outbreak virus in philadelphia
1: carson wentz is patient patient zero yeah Before we move on from the NFL, I have to address this Cliff Kingsbury shit. The DMs, the tweets. I'm going to look in the camera for this one. Guys, how many times do Joe or I have to repeat this? Cliff Kingsbury could not win at Texas Tech. Everyone's saying, oh, Ruther, he is an offensive genius. He is. Well, if he is, he would have won games.
2: Here's here's my, I know nothing about college football. I don't care about college football, okay? But hold on. I understand the game. I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury is going to be a bust. I'm not saying he's going to be a good coach, a bad coach. I'm not saying he's not an offensive genius. Here's what I can tell you for a fact, though. He didn't deserve the job. He didn't deserve the job? Exactly. And a lot of guys in the Big 12 seem to be offensive geniuses. It seems like every offense in the Big 12 put up fucking 50 points a game. Lots of people scoring lots of points down there. Is the guy, is the head coach of West Virginia an offensive genius?
1: Dana, Dana. I don't Horterson, know, nor yeah. care his name.
2: Is <laughs> <laughs> the guy fucking TCU, an offensive genius? Like, we're the whole fucking conference plays 50 49 games every week. Oh, uh, look at what their passing offense was able to do. It's not just, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. And this is why I picked the teams going into this weekend. All the offensive geniuses, all the gurus, all the whatever. Who do we got? We got Brady, Breeze. We got uh, Sean Payton. We got Andy Reid. We got Bill Belichick. Yeah, we got McVeigh and uh, Jared Goff. This is the this is your model. The other the rest of those the, the other seventy five percent are. Not guys who have running some fucking college offense. They're guys who have been doing it in the NFL a long time. I don't see a lot of Tom Brady RPO.
1: But again, I agree with what you're saying. Guys, I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury is going to be a total bust. The, my argument is he didn't deserve the job. One. And two, your job is the head coach. This whole argument of, well, they're offensive ranked. At the end of the day, what do we judge head coaches by, Prado? Let me ask you. What do we judge head coaches by?
2: Well, in the NFL, Super Bowls, and then after that, wins and losses.
1: Wins and losses, right? So don't come and be like, well, well, then, then he should have hired a better defensive coordinator. I, I don't know what you guys want. It, just the, You guys, I, I'm getting annoyed by the fucking messages of like, well, he is an offensive genius. This is the analogy I'll use. And a dirtball said it's a bullshit analogy. I don't think it is. It's like getting fired at McDonald's as the fry cook. And then Burger King hires you as a manager of a store. Because to me, that's the same thing. Wait, he was the head coach at a college job that he couldn't maintain, got fired from that, and then he jumped all the way ahead to the most competitive league of that sport. That's the fucking analogy.
2: Look, I hate to say it, but haven't we been down this road? Didn't we have Tom Brady's quarterbacks coach? I mean, if you're Tom, look, you must be a genius. Look what Tom Brady's doing as quarterbacks coach. Look at this guy. Holy shit. And he went to college and he won nine games. And now here he is in the NFL, Mr. Fucking Guru, throwing four yards short of the sticks and losing in the fucking wildcard round. Old butt-chin Bill O'Brien. Now, I know nothing about college football, nor care to, but things can be deceiving. Specifically, your offensive prowess when you're playing in a division where no one plays fucking defense, in a conference where no one plays defense.
1: Yeah. And again, he could work out. But at the end of the day, he did not deserve the job. That's all we're saying. He didn't deserve it. Anyway, had to get that out, Joe just the DMS I'm getting like, I'm getting worked up again on the well, DMS. We know, we
2: know that there's a, we have a large college football fan base here and, and the, then it seems as though maybe it's the same way as I've done it. I, I just stopped caring about college football for the most part. Like the playoff system's fucking stupid. You know, uh, I'm just, too old to care about what you know. Fucking children are doing while the schools just, you know, pretend to give a fuck. A, this is like a college. There's education involved here. It's not my thing. Like but I feel like it. It crosses over the same way. I don't care about college. I feel like college football fans don't care about the NFL. And you see that. You see that people like they they know what they know, and they don't know how that translates. But it's, it's like it's like. Oh, I watched, I watched Texas Tech, and they were fucking fantastic. Great. It's not college football. It's the NFL. Welcome to the NFL. The last person I heard this about was Adam Gase. I heard it about Adam Gase. I heard it. This is the guy. Eh, I bet you guys a $1, $1,000. $1,000 because we got Gase, and he's off as a genius, and look what he did with the Bears, and he has this relationship with Cutler. And now Gase is off to the Jets. He went from the Bears offense coordinator to the Miami Dolphins coach to losing thousands of dollars for his fans who thought he was a fucking guru. By the way, we have a call from Mac. We do.
1: Later in the show. Mac has called in when we do dirtball calls here in a few minutes. I'm
2: offended at just that fact. Yeah. And here we are. Adam Gase off to the Jets now to revive the career, to turn Sam Darnold into... In the Miami Dolphins, Jay Cutler. Because he's an offensive guru.
1: Let's talk a little NBA. There's just one little thing I want to talk. That is Luke Walton. Yeah. Shrug emoji. Bro, you can't get the players motivated at all they lost at home last night to the Cavs. didn't they lose to the knicks at home in the same week
2: the Knicks one that game maybe
1: yeah the knicks won that game okay i don't
2: care if you don't have lebron james it's not that they don't have lebron james that they're young and they're not very good
1: they suck they lost to the Cavs at home kevin love's not even playing right now
2: right no the Cavs are terrible
1: the Cavs came into that game with eight wins. Yep, you're in the Western Conference, and again, I get it. LeBron James is the greatest player on earth. What is Luke Walton's leash, dude? Well,
2: the the, the question is always, who are you replacing him with? Bill Walton. I mean, I'm. I, if that's the answer, fine. I mean, I say. Get, make Bill Walton an assistant coach and they, and they immediately turn around. You remember when we talked to Bill Walton, I asked him if he was ever going to run for president and he said absolutely not. And then just and this is a now that people are announcing their presidential bids, I feel like this is a perfect time to remind people. I said, "What about being my vice president?" He's like, "Oh, no, that's just something I would consider doing, you know. I'll th- I'll throw it down on your ticket." He's like, "Perfect. Vice president, way less work." Sort of a symbolic job, as Dick Cheney said in the great movie Vice, which I watched the other day while high on mushrooms. Um, put him on the put him on the bench as the assistant coach, just to get people fucking motivated, get people breathing out of their third eye. Um, but we saw Tibbs get fired by the Minnesota Timberwolves, and everybody said that they were going to hire. The original mayor, Fred Hoiberg, to replace him. Like, if you're at the point now where Fred Hoiberg, who was fired by the Chicago Bulls, is getting considered other NBA coaching jobs, who are you replacing Luke Walton with? Consistency is obviously important to a basketball team. Okay, I'm not even joking. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that's even legal, but I'm not even
1: joking. If LeBron James, as an injured player right now, was coaching the Lakers, they win last night. They beat the Knicks. I mean, guys, these are shit teams they're losing to. Was the Knicks game on the road? No. it's at home. That's what I'm saying. They're losing to awful teams in the Staples Center.
2: I mean, I think we answered our own question. Bring Bill on as an assistant coach. That's the answer. (laughs) Just like the pregame speeches in the locker room, just everybody go out there, and look in your mind's eye, and think to yourself, what am I going to do today that's going to better the world? Don't worry about this game. Worry about planet Earth. Think unselfish. Think think bigger than this game, bigger than this this one possession. Think about all things that are good on Earth, like palm trees and sunsets, oceans filled with saltwater fishes, it's, just go out there and think of yourself as as an explorer. Dora the Explorer, if you will. Go out there and explore each other's hearts and minds and bodies like you're two teenagers in a bunk at camp. Just go out there and feel each other up and play as one body and one mind.
1: In my head, I'm picturing him deliver this amazing speech to two of the craziest players in the NBA, Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley.
2: Hey, talk crazy, you know. Crazy means crazy. Yeah, crazy. That works. I know. Um, I picture him making that speech in a tie-dye shirt and biking spandex with a helmet on because he just rode his bike into the locker room. They've set up a ramp for me so I can ride right into the locker room. This is amazing. (laughs) They've made a seven-foot bike door. Go out there and go out there and, guys, play the game with the freedom of a kid riding a wheelie down the street on his huffy.
1: The only problem with Luke, I'm sorry, Bill, as the assistant, I know travel is difficult for him with his back, getting an airplane.
2: So Skype him in on the road. <laughs> have a hologram. They've, they've got to have that technology at this point. Hello, it's your assistant coach, hologram Bill Walton here, coming to you live from my TP in San Diego. When you go out there on the court, play as if you are together in a TP in San Diego where everything is peaceful and calm
1: and throw down a win in Minnesota. Love it. Well, let's do some dirtball calls, Joe. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody, you should go to flagandanthem.com because if you drop promo code Dirty Jan. You get 25% off your order. I'm rocking some of Flag and Anthem's amazing joggers. I love these sweatpants. I rock them all the time.
2: I've got my Flag and Anthem. I don't think that this is their official name, but I call them the Fancy Joggers. They're like khaki joggers. Oh, yeah, I like those. And Flag and Anthem flannel.
1: All day, every day. I got an amazing new Flag and Anthem sports jacket. Guys, Flag and Anthem, they they have it all at this point. They have men's. They have women's. They have... Casual dress shoes, hats. What don't they have? Nothing.
2: Underwear. That's it.
1: That's it. That's it. Basically,
2: underwear and socks. That's it. Everything. The, flag and Anthem has everything, but what your mom gave you for Christmas.
1: Yeah. So you're already covered. So go to flagandanthem.com. Drop promo code Dirty Jan. Again, sounds like an old hook. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Dirty Jan it gets you twenty five percent off your order. So you only Even ha- If you've ordered before. Yeah. You got about 16, 17 more days to drop that dirty jan and uh, send us a screenshot. Give us some love and I'll send you some koozies. Okay, you want to put on the headphones. We got a couple uh, dirtball calls.
2: I'm already triggered. I'm already triggered for Max call.
1: You're triggered for Max call? Yeah. Okay, well yeah, you should be. All right, let's see. Let's. You want to start with Mac? Let's see what Mac has to say. Let's see what we got going oh, on Oh, man. Here. Let me pull up uh, his number. All right. So. Double
2: or nothing on the Jets winning 12 games next year. Adam Gase for life. Also, I want some money on that Cliff Kingsbury. All
1: right, so this is a call from Mac.
2: Oh, my God. I'm...
1: All right, just relax. We'll get to it.
0: It's Matt from Florida. And I just wanted to call and put in my support for the wall. The reason I didn't take you guys the $1,000 I owe you, well, I don't owe you it anymore because fuck you, is because I paid it towards the me for Mr. Trump's wall. Excuse me, President Trump's wall. Um, that's really all I had to say. Oh, and... Uh, anybody knows how to break out of the the Florida Institute for uh, Idiots that my daddy put me in, Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Mac. And uh, that's all I got. Condoms are for Adam Gase and Brian Panicfield. Stay dirty.
1: I think Mac is uh, using a voice box.
2: Yeah. After his dad ripped his throat out for <laughs> betting $1,000 on Adam Gase.
1: Are you still worked up? He's calling from an insane asylum? Yeah.
2: No, he doesn't sound like he's in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for him now. You do? Yeah.
1: $1,000 would be nice, though. But, Dad, you don't understand. Adam Gase is an offensive genius. Of all the takes, both mine, yours, uh, people who listen to the show, Twitter trolls, dirt balls, you name it. His take the worst of all time.
2: It's right up. I mean, it's right up there.
1: I mean, I had some bad ones.
2: Yeah, it's a bad one. What are
1: my worst? The Johnny Manziel was probably my worst. Johnny Manziel
2: is like the original bad take. That was like that was like that was the prehistoric dirty sports days.
1: That was presenting. You, you said yeah. I said he would make a Pro Bowl. You said he would make a Pro Bowl. <laughs>
2: an idiot.
1: <laughs> you know what I think of? I think of Will Ferrell in uh, Wedding Crashes. What a loser. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, I got to also say it, I mean, I don't want to say you argued that he was better but like you did you did give me some pushback on LeBron v. Kobe back in the day. I you're did. Like, you're like, well
1: Kobe does have five rings. I agree. Which I almost did.
2: made me leave the show forever.
1: I agree. I I agree. I did. I did four years ago. I did give you some pushback. I I can admit the things I, and again, to me, it's all about evolving as a human. Yeah. The the same things I was into four years ago, I'm not into now. I mean, for God's sakes, I I sit in a float lab. I sit in a tank full of water now. I'm I'm about 90 pages into David Goggins' book about, I mean, this is where I'm at now. About working with Gamby. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, Gamby. Okay, let's do another call. Who do we got? Oh, this is a good call. This is about uh, superhero movies. Because you and I talked about about this last episode.
0: What up, boys? It's McKenzie from Pennsylvania. It's currently 5 a.m. I can't sleep. So I'm watching you boys on YouTube. Not too far into the podcast, and I hear you say uh, superhero movies are trash or something along those lines. And I, for one, fucking agree with you. If you're over the age of 12 years old and you're still watching superhero movies, why? What the fuck is wrong with you? Superhero movies are cringy, unoriginal, and fucking boring. Commodore for pussies, and so are superhero movies.
2: Wow, that was a great call. I really, when when he told me he was in Pennsylvania and it was 5 a.m. and he was he was like inspired by that statement of call, I thought we were about to go down a horrible wormhole of like how great fucking the Avengers is and Ant-Man is, I mean, he's little. He's like an ant,
1: but he's like a man. I agree. I thought it was going to go that way and he did a Great call, Mackenzie.
2: Yeah, it, look, I'm not anti-comic book movies like overall, uh, you know. The Christopher Nolan Batman series was like, like I fucking loved it I saw I made my girlfriend at the time I saw Batman Begins three times in the theaters and I went I made my girlfriend stand online for Dark Knight in IMAX when it came out we bought our tickets like six months in advance on Fandango I like I'm into it and the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy was good but it's just like now, like I see commercials, but, like Captain Marvel, like get AIDS.
1: But this is the problem. This is the problem with all this shit.
2: They beat it to death. Yes, that's what I was. going How gonna, many Spider Mans have there been? That's what I was going to get to. There's been more Spider Mans since 2000 than there's been coaches of the Packers in their in their franchise history.
1: And it's not just superhero movies, because I want to bring up the other stuff. Yeah, there's 11 Fast and Furious movies. Kill yourself. So. All of it. I'm an unabashed, huge Star Wars fan. I love Star There's Wars. There's too many of them. It's out of control. Star Wars used to be great. Then Disney bought Star Wars from uh, God, George from? Lucas. Yeah, from George Lucas. They're pumping out a Star Wars movie. Oh, this is the one off. Oh, like I'm confused as a Star Wars guy. Oh, this is episode 10. This is episode 11. This is a one off. Guys, every Star Wars movie. Although I will say the solo one I did like.
2: I didn't watch it because like who fucking, I don't, ain't nobody got time for that.
1: But that's my point. Am I going to the theater to pay money? Too much of anything dilutes it. Plain and simple. If you fucking had ice cream every day, it's not going to taste as good. Yeah. That's the analogy I chose? Yeah. Pretty lame. But... You guys get the point. Like, I just don't. Except for the Ruther Scramble. You can have a million of those every day.
2: Avocado. E- even, tomatoes. Even, <laughs> even, the Ru- even
1: the Ruther Fuckboy Scramble. Tea. The Ruther Fuckboy Scramble. By the way, I was offended. I never brought this up on air. My mom didn't fully want the Ruther Fuckboy Scramble. Wow. Your she,
2: mom, not a fuckboy, apparently.
1: <laughs> she wanted certain parts of it when she stayed here. She didn't want me to load it with the spinach, didn't want the the salsa. And I was like, mom, this is the fuckboy scramble. I didn't tell her that because then I had to explain to her what a fuckboy was. And then she would have been completely disappointed.
2: Dude, moms are just like, you know, old heads, as we say. My mom came out here and we're eating at Rose Cafe and she's like, these eggs look weird. Are they too orange? Why are the eggs so orange? I was like, mom, they're fucking eggs. Are you serious? They're too orange? They're probably fresh. They didn't get them at a shop right that went out of business 14 years ago. Old heads? Yeah.
1: I've never really used that term.
2: Just means old people stuck yeah. in their ways.
1: Right? Although my dad does buy the brown eggs from Sam's Club. Yeah. That's his big move. I went to Sam's Club with my dad. I grab a big thing of like a spring mix, organic spring mix. I bring it back. He looks at me and he goes, Ooh. What's organic? He goes, that's bad for you. And that's always his joke. Ooh, <laughs> bananas. I'm like, dad, you need to start eating healthier. You're 75. You're overweight. You've had 14 heart attacks. I said, you should start eating turkey bacon. You would have thought I chopped off his arm the way he looked at me. So offended.
2: Eddie If told me bacon is not even, like, a cause for cholesterol or some weird thing and that I should eat slab bacon. The dude went and got slab bacon at Whole Foods while we were in Arizona.
1: What's slab bacon?
2: I don't know. It's, like, Whole Foods bacon that, like, they cut right there on the fucking thing. You know, it's not, like, prepackaged bacon. Yeah. It was pretty good. I bet. I've since gotten it since I got back. Eddie basically told me I can eat as much bacon as I want. And I'm probably going to die of a heart attack, but works for me. Is he, He's not keto, is he? No. He's some, you know, but he's some nonsense. I tweeted about it. Every single thing I ate, he'd be like, he would find a way to diss. I went into Whole Foods and I I literally was like, I'm going to get something that there's no way he can trash just to see what happens. And I got a, I got, I went to the hot bar and got steamed broccoli and brown rice. He's like, not bad, not bad. The brown rice will stick to your intestines and block other nutrients. So, and I was like, come on, man, that's, there's no way that's true.
1: Yeah. What do you eat now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eddie F eats avocado, bacon, eggs, and peanut butter pretty much exclusively.
1: But he's not shredded. That's my whole no. thing. No. Like, if I'm going to eat that type of stuff, I want to look like the dude from Aquaman.
2: I mean, the thing is, though, I'll, like if you can tell me I can eat as much bacon as I want, let's go. Yeah. That's like the one thing that you can't eat. That Treat bacon the way you treat superhero movies like you actually can't have enough bacon
1: when's the last time you paid for a superhero movie you saw black panther in theater
2: no no i did not i saw black panther but i didn't see it in theater the last superhero movie i paid for in the theater Uh, how far back do i get to go did i see superman batman in the theater I just saw Superman Batman in the theater. You know why I don't like those movies? Yeah, I did. I think I saw Superman Batman in the theater. You know why I don't like Batman, those movies? Superman, whatever it was,
1: they don't make you think at all. And that's fine for the record. Like, if you want to just go into something, I'm not saying every movie I had to see is a thinker, but I do like to be at least a little intellectually stimulated.
2: I always talk about it all the time. I like watching heavy dramas. Like, I fucking I don't watch any comedy. I I watch almost no comedies. I don't watch fucking action shit. Like, how many times can fucking Liam Neeson's kids get taken? Yeah. Like, uh, like I don't even see... Yeah, I think Batman, Superman might have been the last superhero movie. Did I see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in theaters? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that might be it.
1: I saw The Mule. It was pretty good. Really?
2: I th- I'm not a big fan of... Uh, I've been off the Clint Eastwood directing game for, like, years.
1: It's based on a true story.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. My problem with Clint Eastwood... Like, some of the movies, I mean, Unforgiven and A Perfect World. Back in the day when he started out, was good. I got off the train on uh, Mystic River and, and basically everything since. Like, but Gran Torino? No. What? Million Dollar Baby, trash. Gran Torino, nah. I wow. didn't, I didn't like it. And then, and then he loves to make basically conservative propaganda where he's like, the shooter movie and the fucking pla- flags for Iwo Jima. He's basically trying to get people to sign up for fucking the army. Even like the Bradley Cooper one, like it was fine. What was the American Sniper? It was like fine, but it's like, what are we making here?
1: American Sniper was really good. It was okay. It was all right. Yeah, but you're you're bringing political bias into that. Like you got to just put that shit aside when you're watching these movies for what they are.
2: No, I'm I am I do, but I'm saying he also just he also just does it. Flags of our fathers, fucking the boys from Iwo Jima whatever it is, you know? But
1: that's not a that's not a political propaganda.
2: It's basically the same thing as fucking, you know, people always say like and by the way, I Michael Moore is one of my least favorite people on planet earth. He makes liberal propaganda movies.
1: But he's blatantly Michael Moore is blatantly doing that. Yeah. And I would not equate those two. I wouldn't at all. Well,
2: I, I bet you a lot of people fucking go see Flags of Our Fathers and they're like, fuck yeah, America. I'm, fucking, I'm signing up for the
1: army. Maybe. Or maybe can people can just see things as they are. All right, let's do one final call. Who do we got here? Oh, our porn correspondent. I I
2: watched, uh, by the way, I watched uh, Beale Street. What is it? If Beale Street could talk or something like that last night. It's pretty good. I have no clue what you're talking about. It's from the guy who did Moonlight. I never saw it. It's screener time. It's the best time in LA. It's screener time.
1: We already know. My tastes are kind of just out there. All right. Our porn correspondent. Apparently, he's a porn correspondent. This kid's called him before. Okay. Yo, what up, Joe? Intern Andy. It's your former porn. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's a good start. Intern Andy? Intern Andy. You know who's running the show here, buddy? Me. I'm not a fucking intern. Proceed.
0: Foreign correspondent, you know me. You know how it goes. I'm just calling in to give you a little update. I uh, just got a just got a Brazos account, alright, with the boys. I'll tell you what, shit <laughs> changes your life. Alright. If you see the quality the quality porn that is on Brazzers—you get forty-minute videos, just yank your cock for so long. Forty minutes. Every position you can name a position, they got it. Just calling <laughs> in just to say Brazzers is number one on my uh, porn list right now at the moment. I'll see you boys later. Condoms are for the Clemson Tigers. See you boys.
2: Wow, who's jacking their fucking dick for forty minutes?
1: Well, I have a few questions here. One. Who's paying for porn now? This is the same guy who goes to the, all the superhero movies. If he's shitting away money on porn,
2: maybe he's just like, I, look, I've never, I've said it many times, this show, I've never been a big porn guy. Uh, so I can't even, I can't even really weigh in. This is like me in college basketball. Like, don't know, don't care. I guess people. I guess if qual- porn quality matters to you, but when he says quality, what does he mean? Like actual, like, like the quality of the camera, or like I don't the know, quality forty of minute the, clips. Of the girls,
1: I do go to some of sites time to time, as in every day. Uh, what's the problem with the ten to twenty minute clip? You're not even watching the whole thing anyway.
2: That's why I want to. Like, we'll, we'll have to have him call back. What do, What does he mean by quality? Yeah, like the quality. Like, can't you just? Put in any porn star's name into like PornTube or whatever, and find Pornhub. Yeah, Pornhub. Isn't there a PornTube? RedTube?
1: RedTube? UPorn?
2: porn? Yeah, you can. I, I don't. You know. Just put in like whoever and find that person.
1: I don't know, but I saw his number. He lives in, it's Indianapolis area code. Does
2: Brazzers? The big question is: Does Brazzers have superhero porn? Is there? Can I watch like Wonder Woman get
1: fucked? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, they okay. they do parody stuff all the time. Always. Yeah, that's still big. I just, why are you calling me an intern, bro? We need an intern. I have exchanged a couple DMs. With Los Angeles-based? The problem is I think he's above us. Like, he's above what we're looking for. He's in law school at Pepperdine. Maybe. Like, when's he going to have time to be an intern as he's getting his law degree? But
2: my argument is always, a guy like that, smart, capable... Maybe he does have time. Like Trevor was unable to focus on the Dirty Sports Podcast and walking two dogs simultaneously. <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy in law school is already juggling
1: more. Aaron Moharis. Moharis? That pronounce it? Spanish name. Yeah, he said, I'm currently living just north of Santa Monica, going to law school at Pepperdine. What are you guys looking for in my schedule? I'd be interested. I love your guys' show. I love Sports Talk in general. So he's interested. So Aaron... Well,
2: I've got to tell you, having a fucking lawyer on staff is always helpful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good point.
2: Yeah. Maybe... We're, th- not, we're not that far off from somebody killing themselves and fucking leaving a note saying, I told them to and it's my fault. Like... Having a lawyer on staff would be fantastic.
1: So I DM'd you again last night, Aaron. So check it out.
2: The legal department and the intern department. Fuck, the 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 DSPN departments are blowing up. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, the marketing department has sent us something that's
1: going up soon. Plus he has he has the mayor on the first floor who is a graduate of Pepperdine.
2: Wow, Pepperdine Law School. Yeah, I thought you meant Fred Hoiberg was downstairs until I remembered that. <laughs>
1: By the way, I have a new neighbor moving in January twenty second, so I will be boxed in again. Not like not a fan of that. Yeah, have you met the person? No, I did my research. I went to the office. I go, what's going on with the uh, open unit next to me? <laughs> somebody's moving in. Yeah, somebody's moving in January twenty second. So you missed out, dirt balls. Guys, the hotline is 310-359-8365. Leave us a call. Give us a like right now on YouTube if you like the show. And the one guy who gave us a dislike, fuck you.
2: And now that I know we have a lawyer working for us, kill yourself.
1: (laughs) He isn't officially on staff yet.
2: Well, he's about to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he knows this world, but if he's getting his law degree, I'm pretty sure he can handle what we need. Yeah. Agreed. Joe, next week you will be in the Sorry. lovely state of Pennsylvania,
2: I it's believe. Already next week. Wow. You're right? right? Pittsburgh? Yeah. yeah, a week from Thursday, uh, I will fly into Pittsburgh shows fr- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the great Eddie Ift, uh, Mr. Bacon himself, Mr. Slab Bacon himself, Slab Bacon and Avocados, Eddie Ift, at his home club. His uh his Pittsburgh improv. I've never been to the city of Pittsburgh. I'm planning on eating uh you know what was it a Pam- Pamontes Brothers sandwich yes.
1: and will you say hi to Antonio Brown?
2: I don't think he's there anymore. No,
1: I think he's never coming back.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna try not to get raped by Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Yeah, but Pittsburgh, it's my first time in Pittsburgh. I actually tried to plan a trip to Pittsburgh last year. I want to go see their ballpark. I guess I'll have to make a trip back if it's not awful. I'll be there, and then I'm going straight from Pittsburgh to New York. Uh, My New York dates will be up soon. I've already got my date at the uh, Empire City Casino on there. That's the 30th. But I'll be in New York City that whole following week. The uh, Monday, I guess it would be the 28th, 27th or 28th. Uh, Yeah, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st. First I'll be in New York. So keep your eye on dates. Do you know when you come back? Uh I'm I'm not sure, but probably like the 4th or the 5th. Damn, in that, in that Reno? Realm. Yeah. I was I was going to go to like I was going to go into New York later and then come back on like the 6th and be gone a week, but now that I'm going to Pittsburgh, I'm going to try to move it up for you. Maybe in time for Super Bowl, we'll see. We'll see if that uh The
1: Super Bowl is February 3rd.
2: Right. We'll see if the um See how my weekend works out.
1: Well, looks like Tug Coker better get his butt ready. Yeah. I liked when we did the Tug here and you on the phone.
2: That was nice. I'll
1: we'll have to do some of those. And you're right, Tug Tug is he's your guy. Yeah. He's our guy.
2: Yeah. It's like he's like the David Letterman to my Johnny Carson. Yeah. As long as like Maddie Leno doesn't sneak in, he's like,
1: Hey, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hiding in the closet. I'm hiding in the closet with Jason and man, had to drive me over because I don't know how Uber works. Guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Drop an iTunes review. That takes two seconds. If you leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, I will follow you back. Literally takes two seconds. Follow Joe on Twitter at Fix Your Life. You can follow him at Instagram at Joe Prano. You can follow me at Andy Ruther on all of the above.
2: And since I brought it up during the episode... It, it, this past week was everybody was doing their presidential announcements. Just want to remind everybody that I I announced my presidency r- campaign two years ago. There were almost two years from uh, Bill Walton the Green to be my VP. So go on JoePrano and get your Prano Walton gear. Right. And also, since I just brought up Maddie, his Patriots are now in the AFC Championship game. I feel like we got to get Maddie over here to talk some Pat's football. You guys can I want him here and you guys both proclaiming the you know the goats are going to do it next week. Who's my goat? Brady?
1: Uh, yeah. You're that's
2: both your goats. I
1: don't know who I'm on yet. I'm not I, I am not making any I, Wow,
2: I, look at the chief stands. The chief stands have broken you down. Hold on.
1: I got burned big time last week. I made some awful calls. I'm, I got I need a few days to stew over. Well,
2: I'll tell boy. you what. I, I I'm I'm We'll we'll talk about it with spreads and everything on Thursday, but I am on the Chiefs. The NFC is interesting because I picked the Rams preseason. I filled out uh, Randy's bracket, and I have the Chiefs beating the Saints in the Super Bowl. So sort of a win-win for me in the, in the NFC. I, I don't know who I'm picking in that game yet.
1: Yeah. I'm leaning towards the Saints right now. Something about the Rams
2: last week. I liked how they looked. Flipper.
1: I do love me some flip. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy your week. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.